Thank you and good morning, Madam Chairwoman and member of the committee. Thank you for the opportunity to testify on the impacts of the Castro Huerta decision. My name is Cheryl Andrews Maltes and I'm the Chairwoman of the Wampanoag Tribe of Gay Hedequeta, located on the island of Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts. I'm currently serving in my fourth term. My tribe is part of the great Wampanoag nation known as the people of the first light. We've occupied our lands and our homelands since time immemorial. Our ancestors were the signatories to the first treaty in this hemisphere, the 1621 Treaty of Peace between the Wampanoag Nation and King James I of England. This treaty recognized and respected the sovereignty of our two nations to govern ourselves. Like other tribes who were among the first tribal nations to encounter European explorers and settlers, we endured centuries of warfare, disease, loss of our Aboriginal lands, discrimination, and forced acculturation. However, like so many indigenous peoples of the United States, we maintain our culture, heritage, and our tribal government. However, four centuries later, we find ourselves still struggling to retain and regain our rights and sovereignty that we freely exercised before the settlement of the colonists, the atrocities of colonialism, and before the establishment of the United States. The erosion of tribal sovereignty and our rights has led to unimaginable crimes perpetrated against us. No one was protecting our vulnerable populations, not even us, because we were stripped of that right. It's been a free-for-all for, for non-natives to commit crimes against us because no one would prosecute them. Up until the passage of the TOLOA, the Tribal Law and Order Act in 2010, Non-native perpetrators essentially got away with any crimes they choose to commit against our people in our homelands. And after years of fighting for inclusion, in 2013, Indian country was finally included in the Violence Against Women Act in order to have standing to begin to have criminal jurisdiction over non-Indians who committed crimes against native women and children. Think about it. We've only had the ability to actually prosecute our vulnerable citizens for nine years, less than a decade. Do we now go back so non-natives can come onto our homelands, commit horrible crimes against us, and we have no recourse? Who except for us should be protecting our people? It's tantamount to going back to the 1600s when our women were raped and murdered, our children were stolen from us and often sold off and what would be now considered child trafficking. How long do we as indigenous people of these land have to pay while the privilege hurt our people and take our lands, resources, and our rights again? If this isn't fixed, do we go back to sitting by to wait for help? Help that we don't necessarily need if we were assured the jurisdiction we we're entitled to exercise as sovereign nations. We know how to protect our people. We've always had our own traditional forms of justice. We know how to protect the public. We have competent, competent professionals within our tribal governments, as in our case with regard to public safety, we know how to write and enforce building codes, public safety ordinances and regulations. We have the capacity to protect our people and others who choose to come into our homelands. We don't need another layer of bureaucracy to add to an already complicated system. All we need is the state and local jurisdictions to get out of our business and out of our way. Otherwise, where will the erosion of our tribal rights and sovereignty end? Like a Marshall Plan for Indian Country, the United States owes us both the financial and human resource support for us to rebuild our tribal nation. We've paid dearly. We've paid it forward with the lives of our ancestors in our lands and natural resources. We're owed the right to self-determination and self-governance. If you went to any other country or any sovereign lands and committed a crime, you are subject to their laws. If you are processed, you are processed through their legal system. If you engage in trade and commerce or construction, you're subject to their laws. Every sovereign government has the right to provide for the safety of its people and the public who choose to enter our lands. Are we to believe that Congress feels that we are so much less worthy 
inadequate or incapable of performing the governance and jurisdiction we've exercised since time immemorial. Without clear and unambiguous laws that articulate tribes are sovereigns, nations with the right of full jurisdiction and governance over ourselves, our people, and others who come to our land, there is and will continue to be conflict. These bad court decisions uh, allow states to interpret silence or ambiguity as a void of our rights to, and authority, and they feel empowered to fill over the rights of tribes, which they do not have. Only Congress can fill that void. The erosion of our jurisdiction and the erosion of our sovereignty is just another breach of the United States trust and treaty obligations to us. States and local municipalities do not and should not have any role or oversight in jurisdiction in Indian country. To dilute any tribe's sovereignty and jurisdiction is to dilute all tribes' rights and sovereignty and jurisdiction. We were here as thriving sovereign nations when the pilgrims landed. And while some on the court, Supreme Court may have forgotten this important fact, as Justice Gorsuch stated, the, bill, the ball is back in Congress's court. And so we urge you to lead this body back to the principles that respect tribal governments, tribal rights, and tribal sovereignty, and codify them in federal law. Thank you for your commitment in see, into seeing justice in Indian country, and thank you for the opportunity to testify here today. I'm available to answer any questions if you have any. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairwoman um, Maltese, for your testimony. The chair now recognizes the Honorable Whitney Gravel, who is the president of the Bay Mills Indian Community.